0: This weekend in college basketball gave us numerous highs, numerous lows. The Big 12 in SEC put on a hell of a show, but we also lost a legend in Billy Packer. This is Alan Caps. That's Mikey Watson. This is sixth year seniors. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to this week. That's
1: why I got a college student. That's why I was an All-American in Michigan. I better call
0: my different names all over the world, but it's all the same. It's Division I football. It's a big Twelve. I've got so many ways to make love, a million ways. I've been making it love. Go play intramurals, brother.
1: Oh, yeah. I could give a shit about North Carolina right now.
0: Mikey, how you
1: doing? We're we're back at home, six-year senior South. Got the, got the renovated studio, like I, were to, like I was talking to you before. Uh, before we hit the hit the red light here, it's cold. It's basketball season. There's nothing better. Ba- I told I told the Munchkin this a few weeks ago. There's nothing better in a on a cold winter night than to be in a hot gym where there's a good game of college basketball going on.
0: I uh, totally agree with that. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Maybe doing so later this week, actually. Pretty Excellent. sure I'm going to see the uh, the hometown Sac State against Eastern Washington. Nice. That's a long way down the format sheet. We have a ton of college basketball to talk about. But we need to start out with having lost a legend in college basketball announcing Billy Packer passes away at the age of 82. He was the lead analyst for 34 straight Final Fours between NBC and CBS from 1974 to 2008. That includes that prime era in the 80s when college basketball became what it's known to be today.
1: He was the voice of college basketball, basically, for the longest time. This is what I tweeted when I I saw the news. Last week. And this is how you knew he was good. Everybody thought he hated their team. Yes. Like there was, there was <laughs> never, a, it wasn't like, oh, there's Dookie V again. There's, you know, there's, there, there's Vital cheering on the Dookies. Everybody knew that Vital liked, to, and he, and Vital oh, you know, I love Mikey Shashevsky and all the, he loved everybody. That was the thing. He loved everybody. Packer didn't, Packer hated everybody. Or at least he came off that way. He was totally objective. He was as objective as it comes, and he came off as a curmudgeon at times, but he was a straight shooter, and he was a hell of an analyst. Changed the way college basketball was announced when he moved into TV, particularly in the ACC back in the late 60s. It went from a... Hey, we're just calling the game here. Into let's talk about the strategy. He talked up to the crowd. He 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 never talked. It may have felt like he talked down to the crowd later, but he was educating the audience from a strategic standpoint and and making making us more intelligent having watched his broadcast. Uh, Those ACC broadcasts with with Bones, Thacker, and Packer, those changed how college basketball was presented to the viewing public. Once we got into the 70s, things really started to pick up when the game uh, started to become national.
0: And Packer is unusual in the sense that he was one of the few analysts who rarely played the game, rarely coached the game. I think he coached a year of college, if I remember he correctly. He played. He he played at Wake Forest. He played at Wake Forest. I don't think he coached though, but he was not a star by any means. No, no. He he. Uh, I I
1: think he started at point guard his senior year. Maybe he was he was solid, but he wasn't anything anything special or anything like that. You know, he's just a guy coming up and got an opportunity with TV. Leveraging his relationship with Bones McKinney at, at Wake Forest, who knew people in the ACC, and that's how they wound up getting their uh, get, getting uh, getting into the, the TV through the Atlantic Coast Conference. One thing led to another, and, and it was awesome. The, you know, the 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 Carolina market just ate up college basketball. That's what it was. So, but by, by being the top crew, low bar at this point, but by by being the top crew in the ACC. Back, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s, by default, that sort of gave him top billing just because the ACC was so basketball crazier than just about everybody else. So then that led to him. Oh, well, ACC's got a good broadcast. Let's, you know, NBC's like, let's bring in Packer to do our college basketball when we do when we do the Final Four. And of course, that led to Al McGuire coming on and you had McGuire, Enberg and Billy Packer as I'll hear arguments for the Holy Trinity of of college basketball announcing.
0: Uh, yeah, possibly. Uh,
1: Maguire, as a team, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say am not, not, not gonna say
0: singular. Yeah. But as a, as a trio, that was the, that was the defining crew. McGuire was such a straight shooter. There there was no color to Maguire's color. That that was his <laughs> downfall. Yeah, you know, Packer, you know, had color coming out of his ears. Yeah, you know, and, and of course. Packer ended up breeding Dick Vitale essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. So Vitale was sort of was like the, the the evolutionary Packer at that point. But yeah, Packer was a freaking legend. And hey, and again, he he hated my team, he hated your team, he hated everybody's team.
0: And he was That's great because awesome. of it. That is awesome. Dickie V obviously needed to retire years ago, and I, I'm glad he's still alive. But who's taking over for Dickie V in the Packer-Dickie, you know, who, who's, who's version 3.0? I know who it is for me. Who is it for you?
1: I don't know if there is one.
0: Oh, there is. There's really not. He's on the West coast. I know he is. And he's, he's, he's
1: not, he, this is, that's a completely different animal. He's not in the same, uh, the family tree, so to speak.
0: That's what I'm saying. He's version 3.0. It, bill Walton is who I'm talking about. If you don't know, he puts an entirely different spin on color analyst for color for any sport. I still remember the year that ESPN did the, uh, just the, the drop in studio show for the college football national championship and it was Michelle Beadle and Bill Walton doing about 15 minutes of just impromptu comedy. It was awesome, you know. I don't think ESPN ever did that in studio show again. <laughs> I don't think Billy
1: Packer would have dropped in on the college football national championship. Just a hunch.
0: No, no, just a no. hunch. <laughs> no, Billy knew basketball. And that's probably about all he knew.
1: And and, and you were talking about you know, and you were talking about Vital, you know, not retiring, hanging out. It was still kind of weird when, when Packer left CBS after 2008. It, it never felt like he totally wanted to. But from I would say from CBS's point of view, it was absolutely the right
0: time. And, and I thought he was able to leave with his head hell high. Yes, exactly. You, you don't remember Billy Packer needing to leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He still, he he wasn't as good as he had
1: been ten years prior, but he still, he still had juice on the fastball. Well, his last fight, his last final four was, was was him calling out Carolina, being down forty to twelve in the in the semifinal against Kansas. This one is over. And Carolina almost. Carolina had a three ball halfway down the bucket to pull it within one with ten minutes left. Damn it. <laughs>
0: It, well, Just saying. Most color commentators end up becoming caricatures of themselves. Yeah. And, and that's when it you happens all they sports. stuck around too long.
1: Yep. Packer never did that. He was there for so many iconic games.
0: Yeah. The entire 80s and into the 90s where every Final Four was iconic. That was Billy Packer talking to you. They won it
1: on the dunk. The NC State call. That was Billy Packer. He was, th- he was there for Villadova, Georgetown. He was there for uh, Danny and the Miracles. He was there the night Duke beat UNLV, allegedly. He was there for Brent Mer- Musburger's last broadcast of CBS. Oh, geez. Wow. When CBS fired him, yeah. Musburger's final uh, final call with, with CBS was, was next to Billy Packer. And was
0: super classy about it, too. It was great. Musburger's final line. This career is over.
1: <laughs> he was referencing the total not the uh, not the result of his career
0: anything more you got on billy packer before we turn to uh our current product uh,
1: just one thing my, my my favorite billy packer moment and this is total comedy he was on the call with jim nance for the kentucky duke 1998 east regional final not the leitner game But the rematch that happened in St. Petersburg six years later. And in that game, Steve Wojciechowski and Jamal McGlure got tied up on a loose ball in the paint. And somehow McGlure managed to, as Bomani Jones called it, he put Wojo in the rack. That's how he called it. He gave, it was, it was more like a, a, it was more like a bow and arrow like or, or you know or you're trying to think what the what's the oh the surf yo know, that's not, not a surfboard it was a surfboard did the Eddie Guerrero and, surfboard yes yeah the Eddie Guerrero surfboard that's what it is and and Wojo screaming and 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 I I I think the quote from Bomani was Billy Packer reacting as if he was witnessing someone getting robbed it it was so funny it was <laughs> you see Wojo on the ground being Wojo being whiny Wojo and Packer's just disbelief reaction to it. Just a high comedy. It's on Twitter. I tweeted it last week at MDWDFW. You can go find it. Pour it out for Billy Packer, college basketball legend.
0: Pour it out. Chink, chink. Billy Packer. Rest in peace. All right, let's move on to the product of this week led off of course by the Big 12 SEC challenge to no great surprise the Big 12 wins 7 to 3 we'll go game by game as they tipped off but any overriding thoughts nothing really it it went how it went how i thought the home the
1: home court advantage meant a meant a, a decent bit over the weekend, and, and the teams you thought would win on the road, I'm looking at you, Kansas, one on the road, and it basically fell how I thought it was going to go.
0: Except for a couple of games, I agree with you. There's one in one particular. Big one
1: Yeah, and again, home, if we haven't said this enough, the last 11 freaking years on this show, it is hard as hell to win on the road in college basketball.
0: So let's start with the first tip. It was West Virginia and Auburn. The Mountaineers, the 8th place team in the Big 12, win 80-77 to 77 over the 4th place team in the SEC.
1: Mountaineers get up big. Auburn tried to come back, ran out of time, but the right team won.
0: This just tells me we've not been wrong about a 10-team Big 12 NCAA tournament bid. I don't I- think it's going to happen. But here's the thing.
1: I don't think it's going to happen because the resumes aren't going to work out. But if we did the old college football, oh, well, you got to put Bama in, you know, because you know, if you know, they'd be favored in Vegas against all, all four of the other teams in the playoff. If we were playing
0: that game, all 10 Big 12 teams would be in the tournament. No doubt. And the next game just proves it twofold. Texas Tech winning at LSU, 76-68. Tech was a two-point favorite going into that game. Tech winning on the road there, that's a, a big one. Then the shocker of the day, Oklahoma. Not just that they beat Alabama, but how they did it, 93-69. It seemed like Alabama just had no energy left after battling Mississippi State in midweek.
1: No, that was a, that was a straight trip to the woodshed. I am not surprised that Oklahoma won this game. I thought Bama was going to have hell going to Norman and and pulling one out. I did not expect them to lose by 24 points or whatever the hell it wound up being. That was quite the impressive ass whooping by the Sooners.
0: Got to start watching Noah Clowney. His shooting slump is now four games deep. He's 0 for 18 from behind the arc. Something to keep an eye on for sure. That's when it starts getting in your head. Yep, 100%. I remember Clay Thompson a couple years ago, before his injury, had a streak that was kind of like that. And then one game, he not only broke the streak, but went off for like 40-something, including like seven or eight three-pointers. So it'll come around. Uh, When it happens, it happens. Missouri beats Iowa State 78-61. So here you can say huge upset in the sense that a mid-pack SEC team beat the current Big Twelve leaders.
1: Yeah, this was this was one of the games that uh, that did not fall the way I expected. Didn't see that one coming.
0: Well, I, I thought they could beat them. I'm, I'm surprised they beat them by 17. But yeah, Iowa it's... State's one of those teams that that seems they can win anywhere at any time against any opponent because they can muck up a game and as long as they're in it with two minutes to go, they'll find a way to win.
1: Yeah, I've seen that with my own eyes this year. Absolutely. You know,
0: again, going on the road's hard, but to lose by 17, yeah, that's a little bit of an upset for me. Baylor beat Arkansas 67-64. Arkansas missed a free throw with two seconds left. It rebounds out to Drew Pinson out in the baseline behind the arc. But his first shot of the game glances off the backboard, and Baylor survives.
1: That was a fun game. The, uh, the 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 closing sequence, the final three four minutes or so was really good.
0: And if that game wasn't the best one, this one was. Mississippi State survives TCU in overtime. TCU played all but four minutes without Mike Miles, who suffered a knee yeah. hyperextension. Looks like he's going to be out for a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, it looked it looked worse live, so I'm glad it's not. But yeah, if TCU's got Miles the whole game, they win that game in regulation. I have no doubt. But again, we say it's hard to win on the road. Trying to win on the road without your best player makes it even hard. Mississippi State's game, they're a good little bunch. Uh, good, good win for them. They're not, they're not going to care whether Miles
0: played four minutes or 40 minutes when they're reviewing the resume in March. Tennessee knocks off Texas, 82-71. We have mocked Tennessee's offense all year. So what do they do? They turn in one of their best offensive performances in one of their biggest games of the year. Yeah, didn't quite see that one coming.
1: I, I, I've been banging on them for weeks that this is what's going to uh, cost them a deep run into the NCAA tournament. Hey, this is a good sign for, uh, for the Vols. They turn it on in, uh, in, in a big-time environment here. Their, uh, their throwback uniforms are
0: gorgeous. Oh, I didn't actually watch the game. What would they look like?
1: It was just, it was just the old school white with the, uh, with the, uh, the cursive Vols on it. It was just an old school
0: classic, classy look. I, I like the cursive fonts. The, the, those usually work. Usually work. Yeah, yeah. This was the,
1: this was the big. Since it's only V O L S, they were able to do it almost like a baseball jersey. Almost. It was. It looked really good. They need to wear those more often.
0: You realize there's a young generation that has no clue what cursive
1: is, right? I, yeah, I know. In World <laughs> worse
0: for it. Kansas State beat Florida 64-50. The key storyline here was Keontae Johnson coming back to his old team. He collects a 13-11 double-double.
1: He's been fantastic for, for K-State the last few weeks. And uh, good to see him back and healthy and contributing to, I'm going to say it, a national championship contender in the
0: Wildcats. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Oklahoma State beat Mississippi 82-60. This was probably the uh, the bathroom break game of the team. It really, it
1: really was. Uh, uh, the, the Pokes jumped them early, and there was no looking back.
0: And then finally, in primetime, Kansas defeats Kentucky 77-66. Bill Self does not lose his fourth straight game ever at Kansas. There was a moment there
1: with about 6 minutes or so left in the game where it felt like Kentucky had one more run in them. Kansas went bucket stop, bucket stop, bucket and put the game out of reach. It was a really really good
0: closeout
1: effort by by the Jayhawks on the road the second half and I think Kansas will be just fine.
0: Both conferences played within the conference at midweek. A couple of highlights. One As we were uh, recording last week, Baylor did knock off Kansas 75-69. That was Kansas's third loss in a row. Baylor
1: stuck it to Kansas pretty good in the first half. Kansas did a good job hanging around on the road in the second half, but just couldn't quite get over the hump.
0: On Tuesday, Iowa State beat Kansas State 80-76. Iowa State won. But in my mind, that was a really good game for Kansas State, having come off the upset of Kansas. Yeah. it was it, Actually, I shouldn't say upset. Defeating their cross-state rivals, Kansas.
1: Yeah. I, I hate good losses, but if there's a good loss, that's a good loss for Kansas State.
0: Here's the gig. They were the first Big 12 teams to put 70 up on the Cyclones, and they covered. Good teams win, great teams cover. We know this. And finally, on Wednesday, West Virginia keeps Texas Tech winless in the Big 12, 76-61 at Tech. I think that pretty much takes Texas Tech out of the NCAA tournament equation.
1: I think it does. Tough gig for the Red Raiders there.
0: Meanwhile, in the SEC, one game of note on Wednesday, Texas A&M wins at Auburn, 79-63. That was a battle for third place in conference. Let's talk about Auburn for a second. Have they done
1: anything this year? Like they win the games they're supposed to win and then like lose the games they're supposed to. They're the, they're just boring and there's just nothing there's no juice there.
0: It, that's, they're supposed to be better than this. That that's exactly it. And and you could say the same thing about A&M. You look at both these teams and you, and you go, "Wait, how are they in the top quarter of the SEC? But there's really nobody else there." to take it away from them it's alabama tennessee and everybody else
1: it really is
0: yeah i'm, I'm unimpressed with auburn by the way though you, you talk about what has auburn done they had put together a 28 game home win streak which was snapped by a&m so after gonzaga loses at home to uh loyola marymount no
1: yeah it was, loyola, eh?
0: yeah, it was loyola marymount Loyal Merrimack, Pepperdine, you know, all, the, all those beach schools look alike. <laughs> the longest win streak in the nation now at home is UCLA at 19. They host the Washington schools next week.
1: That seems pretty crazy that the longest home court winning streak is only nineteen games. That's like less than a that's like less than two seasons.
0: Yeah. Well, it went from what, what was Gonzaga seventy five, if I remember something correctly. like
1: that. Yeah. And
0: then of course the Dukies had their snap just a couple years ago, so they're rebuilding. Auburn twenty eight. Yeah, that's you know that's probably about three years worth, two and a half like, maybe. Back
1: back yeah two and a half back to Pauley Pavilion now. What's the oldest new again? Great, that's good.
0: Let's head over to the Big Ten. Purdue actually is now the consensus number one team in the nation, according to the polls at least. And they're just running away with the Big Ten. In the middle of that conference, we had a really good game. Indiana beat Ohio State 86-70 on Saturday. Trace Jackson Davis has been on fire.
1: He's been an absolute monster for the last few weeks now.
0: His last five games, he's averaged 25.4 points a game, including 35 against Illinois. And he's shot a combined 53 for 89, which is 59.6% from the field. That's efficient. That'll work. If you're gambling at that rate, you're making money.
1: Absolutely.
0: That loss dumps Ohio State down to 12th place. That's one of the play-in positions in the Big Ten tournament. Well, I say it's going to be really entertaining because two really good teams are going to be eleventh and twelfth in the Big Ten and have to play on that first day. I, I'm going to check you on that
1: one. I've, I've been I've been digging in the Big Ten. I don't think I don't think it's two really good teams. I'll say it's two good teams, but I'm going to say it's really good teams. I have a, I have some concerns here. I was pumping up Big Ten a few weeks back, but I have some concerns now is it is it really just cannibalization or is Purdue just that much better than everybody else in the league or is a little bit of both? Because my concern here is that Purdue is so much better than everybody else in the league right now that they're not going to have the high pressure reps that it often takes to cut down some nets in early April. I'm concerned that they're not going to get tested enough here in conference, and that's crazy to talk about in
0: a conference like the Big Ten. What's your take? No, that's a good point because when you look at the top of the conference, and maybe this is you know name recognition, which I hate doing, but here it is: second place right now is Northwestern. Third place is Rutgers.
1: Yeah. So Illinois hang, Illinois hanging around, but they haven't exactly been a monster basketball power the last 10 years or anything like that. And again, you get those teams. If those, if that's your top competition, those are also teams and players that don't have the same type of high pressure reps. It's not the exact same. I'm not knocking anybody here. I'm just, it's, it's something that's starting to concern me in terms of Purdue's long range goals here.
0: And it's just something to keep an eye on. Well, I can see that. You know, I mean, it, it's kind of like a, a mid-major team, like a Gonzaga. It, it, or there's a, a lot of Gonzaga back here. Back in the, in the 80s and 90s, where they amassed a great record, but never really had close competition. And then when they did, they'd never been there before.
1: Yeah. And and Purdue, if we're as good as they've been, you know, they bat out in the Sweet 16 last year. They weren't on the big stage. They haven't been there. So they, they need to get some of these high-pressure reps somewhere, and the Big Ten doesn't look like they're going to give them to them. I'm pissed if I'm Purdue right now. The, other, the rest of the league not holding up their end of the bargain here.
0: So in other words, the rest of the league is like the Big Ten uh, East, right? No, Big, Big, yeah, Ten the rest West. of the league is the Big Ten West. <laughs> yeah, the Big Ten
1: West. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of which, time out real fast. While while while, you, while we have a, a football seg, I just want everybody to know that as we're recording this right now, the Atlantic Coast Conference is having not a one, but a two-hour football release schedule show on the ACC network, the Atlantic Coast
0: Conference. Just saying. This is why you sometimes do not need all these streaming networks. This is why the Longhorn Network never caught on. It's a two-hour TV show.
1: You you, you know what could have been done in two seconds? A freaking email. You got the schedule. Send it out an email. Nobody's nobody's watching the ACC football release two hour special. I'm sorry, and I'm an, I'm as big as ACC fan as anybody
0: you'll find. Nobody's watching that crap. Come on. Well, no, right now I'm watching Virginia and Syracuse. Well, exactly. ACC fans are going to be watching basketball in January. Te- technically, I'm wop- watching the Rob Gronkowski. Uh, uh, military insurance company advertisement, but Virginia by the, way, by the way up by a couple at halftime. Okay. By the way,
1: Gronkowski's not bad on TV. He was he's been pretty good the last couple of weekends on uh, on Fox for the NFL games. That's it's interesting.
0: Oh, has he been doing an analysis? Yeah, he's been he's been on the pregame shows and he has been actually pretty good. I never really liked him. I'm sure it was because he was a patron. I never leader. did either you know, collaborated with Brady, but I'm liking the personality I'm starting to see in his commercials. Yeah. He he's toned down the broski thing. Yes.
1: Very good. Very good
0: point. One more conference before we go to break. Let's head over to the West coast. St. Mary's escapes BYU at probably their last game in Provo. 57 56. Aiden Mahaney turnaround fadeaway jumper with 0.3 seconds left for the win.
1: Big boy shot right there. I would have liked to seen a little bit more of a a uh, little bit more of a set run, but hey, if you can hit the 15-footer fadeaway like that at the buzzer to win the game, yeah, yeah, that that's that's nice. Can't hate on that. Big 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 time win for St. Mary's there on the road.
0: So they're 8-0 in league. They're number 7 in Kenpom. And they're all the way up to 18th in both the polls. I know. I'm shocked. I still think there's probably people on the East Coast that have no clue where Moraga is. Uh, but they host San Francisco and Gonzaga this week. So two big games for St. Mary's to stay unbeaten in league play. When
1: when, when we go over our uh, top 16 here after the break, you're going to be pissed at me. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Are you going to pull <laughs> just... with the... You're going to predict what the NCAA is going to do, that's what exactly what Saint Mary's deserves. Exactly, right? exactly. So what do you got? To exactly. make it like number seven? Uh, we will see. We'll see. <laughs> and probably playing Kentucky
1: in no, the first no, round. I've got to. I've, I've got to work on that. If you need to work on something, get what you deserve. You deserve an awesome vacation. Hit up our girl Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel for your next awesome getaway. Whether it's theme parks in Florida or California, or preferably. Out on the ocean, on a boat where you just have everything, you ain't got to worry about nothing, you settle out, chill out, tan, hit the pool, all that stuff for three days, four days, seven days. Get, go to the Caribbean. It's it's I've got ice here at Sixth Year Seniors South right now. Go find a warm beach somewhere. She can point you in the right direction. She's all over social media at WP Magic Journeys on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Custom-made itineraries for you and your traveling crew. What you need, what you don't need, what you want, what you don't want. You tell her she'll take care of you. You also tell her that you heard about her on Sixth Year Seniors. She'll give you $25 off your next trip deposit. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys,
0: she makes the plans. You make the memories. And you would have such a good enough trip that you'd make an anniversary out of it. So, before we get back to college basketball, we have two anniversaries that we need to talk about. One, I'm shocked <laughs> that came as a surprise to you. Uh, but on January 30th, 1988, one of our favorite wrestling angles appeared on WCW when Baby Doll interrupted a Dusty Rhodes promo. To hand him a Manila envelope. <laughs> Thus, we ask constantly, "Who has photos with baby doll?" Oh man!
1: It, it, it and Dusty did a great job selling it too. He just he grabs it, opens up, peeks, and, and he just walks off. It's hilarious. Well, no,
0: but he didn't it, just walk off. There's this this moment of just exasperation. There is, yeah. yeah, and so you really. I'll, I'll, I'll post the promo at the end of the show, but you really need to see the visual because Dust's expression when he opens the envelope is just priceless. It's hilarious. It's so good. Plus baby doll was looking so hot at that time. I mean, everybody talks about how she's the perfect 10 with Tully Blanchard, but it was 88. My God, she was just prime baby doll.
1: It's good stuff. Good stuff all around.
0: And 10 years ago Wednesday, Kai the Hitchhiker went viral. And I'm shocked that you don't remember this, Mikey, because he was straight out of Dogtown with the hatchet, saving people in Fresno. I have no recollection of this at all. None. I I will post this one as well. It's a crazy-ass The the kid's a hitchhiker. He's a skateboard and surfing hitchhiker with weird long hair and just this great personality to him. Everybody probably remembers him for one thing. It was a smash, smash, smash. And that's what went viral as he bludgeoned a crazed dude who rammed into one person and tried to hurt the woman who tried to save the guy and kai the hitchhiker was a hero for about 3 months and then shit got weird oh jesus I, and i'm not going to tell you the story mikey I, do you do you have netflix please tell me you have netflix i have netflix all right they did a documentary on him it just premiered you must watch it do not do not look up the story just watch the doco okay Sounds like a plan. All right. And I tell this to anybody else who does not know who Kai the Hitchhiker is. I will post the original video from uh, the the Fresno television station. It's about six minutes long. Not work friendly at all. The kid's got a mouth on him. (laughs) But it's absolutely fascinating to see this kid and then hear the story, see the hero, and then find out what happened to him after that. Okay. And speaking of going viral, in the Atlantic 10, at Duquesne, some Uber Eats kid tries to deliver an order by walking on the court during the game. Okay. There's a lot going on here. There is a lot going on. Okay. First off, do you think it's a prank or do you think it was real? I. Th- this was a work. You think this it was, was a work? work? I think it was I a. I think shoot. it was a. You think it's a shoot. The assistant I think the assistant AD of Duquesne believes it was a work and he's got his reasons, but I don't believe them. I think he's trying to save face. I think it's a work. I, but the thing
1: is, he, and, and you kind of remember things like this when you start, you know, when you start trying to when, when we're blurring the lines here. If it's a work, who's it a work for? Like 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 like, who is this benefiting here? And that's the part that makes me think it could be a shoot, because I don't know, I, I I don't know what the what the end game is here if it is a work, but it certainly seemed like it was it was set up to be a work.
0: He looked goofy enough that you would hope it's a work. But that, I mean, come on, this is an Uber Eats delivery guy. He might actually be that goofy. He had a microphone on, right? Well, that, that's just it. The assistant AD at Duquesne claims he sees a microphone. You look at the photo, that could be a drawstring of a hoodie. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, just, I don't know if, I don't like. And if he, has a, if he has a microphone, why has the video not yet come out? That's the yeah. That's the thing. Like
1: if, if it's a work, there's something
0: there's something else here
1: because that's not just the end games. Oh, I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk on the court and everybody's gonna see me. I don't know if we know the guy's name. I don't know if we know if was it Uber Eats or did
0: he did he say it was Uber Eats? Um, how Look, did they DoorDash. determine it was Uber Eats? Uh, I don't I think know the bag had some kind of Uber Eats decal or something. Because there was talk, it was DoorDash. And then it became prominent that it was Uber Eats. I think there was a sticker somewhere. So we
1: determined that much. But yeah, it was just just weird. He, he, He stumbles in, acted like a complete jackass. I mean, completely delusional. And somehow just went down the court. That, that's that's nice, y'all. Come on, where's the, well? This is some Ralphus level security here. Where's Doug Dillinger <laughs> at? I mean, this is brutal. How how does that guy get on the court like that? It, 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 you know, we don't have this. Isn't a seventy thousand seat stadium here? You know, Duquesne and Loyola Chicago. They might have a you know they might have a good crowd out on a cold winter night, but. It, it, this isn't, you know, uh, 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 you know, capacity crowd or anything.
0: So I don't know what's going on here. Uh, there are shenanigans afoot. The only thing that makes me think that this is a complete shoot is that we haven't seen video. So if this whole that's thing was thing. a work, yeah. why, why wasn't it up on YouTube, you know, 45 minutes later? That's, yeah, and that's the smoking gun of why it could be a shoot. But I, it still just doesn't make sense. I don't know. I have no idea. Unless, unless here's my conspiracy theory. Unless this was shot as part of a pending Super Bowl commercial.
1: We were on the same page there. Okay. Oh, really? Oh,
0: really? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I had that in the back of my head.
1: <laughs> okay. I had that in the back of my head. But I get, I, I, just, I don't see how that works for, but if it does, Hey, I'm there. I want to see it. This is, this is interesting. There, ha- if it's, if it's a work, We haven't seen the end of the work yet. They've planted some seeds for an angle, but they're going to pay it off at WrestleMania. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's that's just it. it. That's and if it were a shoe, a a a work like that, why hasn't something happened again since? You know, again, we're talking Wednesday. It's almost a week now since this happened. You 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 got to play into this, right? You got to lean into it, absolutely. So fascinating stuff. And by the way, Duquesne won the game 72-50. Gotcha. <laughs> so when we started last week, there were still three teams that had yet to win a game against a Division I opponent, Delaware State, Long Island, and Elon. And wouldn't you know it, all three teams within a matter of a week picked up their first victories over logo teams. Logo
1: wins, baby.
0: Delaware State started it on Monday, beating South Carolina State 88-85. That was their second win of the year and first logo win since 2021. Their only two wins in 2022 were against Cairn and Regent. Their only other win this year was against the school that we thought was a holiday cocktail, Immaculata. <laughs> Forgot about a So now Long Island and Elon are getting a little sketchy here. Long Island put their scare to bed seventy four seventy against Sacred Heart. Their third win overall. Their other two came against Mount Saint Vincent and uh, how do you put this? Something called Purchase. <laughs> I think per- I think purchases in upstate New York. I think that makes sense. Okay, they remain, however, the last team in the Ken Palm rankings, which led me on a goose chase that I was successful completing today. I can put together a transitive win progression from the worst team in Ken Palm, Long Island, to both number one in Ken Palm, Tennessee, and number one in the polls, Purdue. Oh no. So here we go. To Tennessee, Long Island beat Sacred Heart, who beat Fairleigh Dickinson, which beat St. Joseph's, which beat UMass, which beat Colorado, who knocked oh. off Tennessee back in November. Jeez. And in the polls, you go Long Island to Sacred Heart to Fairleigh Dickinson to St. Joe's, who then beat Penn, who beat Temple, who beat Rutgers, who beat Purdue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you Rutgers appreciate
0: that so Long Island oh, should be man. favored against both Tennessee and Purdue even on a neutral court
1: but yeah sign us up right now
0: and it leaves us with Elon who on Saturday defeats Drexel 72-58 in the Colonial their other wins this year came against something called Erkstein and Johnson and Wales
1: Johnson, I, I, I didn't know we were playing college basketball on the other island. I didn't know we were going to Great Britain to, to play college basketball. Now. Okay, that's good.
0: Well, I, I thought this is what happens when Johnson and Johnson breaks up. Oh, we have new investors. That's good. So every team now, 363 Division I teams have a win over a fellow Division one team.
1: Even Louisville.
0: Even Louisville, yes. <laughs> Over in the Mountain West, I hope that we have a good story from you here, because as we talked about last week, Mikey was in 60 years seniors West doing some business out in the middle of the desert in Nevada. He got back on Monday night in time to watch, I believe, well, record the show, which was a shit show, but nonetheless, then got down to the bar, I believe, to see the last two overtimes of Nevada and New Mexico. Am I correct?
1: You're correct. Bartender was a uh, Pat grad, and he had and he had money on on Nevada to uh, to win the game. So we but we didn't have CBS Sports Network on the TV, so we had to stream it on my phone. So the, the me, him, and one other guy at the bar were were hovering over my phone watching the uh, the two overtimes. <laughs> With, with Nevada beating New Mexico, we were, we were shooting. We was like, "Hey, do we want to run over to the arena and watch the game? We could do that. It's ten minutes away." Uh, no, we we opted to stay at the hotel and uh, and the guy won his, his two team parlay, so it was good stuff.
0: And I believe I heard that got you free drinks.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, because, yeah, because that's right. Because they won, uh, we all got shots. Everybody at the bar got shots because because uh, Nevada won. It was good stuff. We were all cheering for Nevada.
0: And it was a wild finish. Richard Pitino had to be restrained after one of his players was called for a flagrant foul at least six seconds after it happened.
1: It was a very, very late call, yeah. There were some shenanigans for sure.
0: So San Diego State still leads the Mountain West. They are at Nevada, and they host Boise this week.
1: Tough games for the Aztecs for sure.
0: In the Big East. Xavier pulls off a really good road win at Connecticut, 82-79 in midweek, then can't follow it up. They lose to Creighton, 87-74 on Saturday. I'm still not sure how good Xavier is. Creighton's finally found
1: something. There was a lot of buzz around Creighton to start the season. They fell off pretty fast. But the Blue Jays have figured something out here over the last three or four weeks and look really, really good right now. I think there's an argument out there they could still be the Big East favorites right now.
0: Uh, I would agree with you, and I'll tell you how much I agree with you when we get to our Sweet 16. Oh, all right. In the American, Temple keeps winning. They get a victory at Central Florida, 77-70 in overtime.
1: Central Florida's been frisky. That's a big win for Temple on the road.
0: USC in the battle of southern california knocks off ucla 77-64 boogie ls 31 points usc scores 52 second half points
1: trojans really really needed that to uh, to get things back on track
0: in the acc one game of note pittsburgh beats miami 71-68 miami led that game 68-60 with 228 to go and then imploded
1: Yeah, brutal uh, collapse by the Hurricanes there, letting Pitt hang around and and win that game. There is a path to the regular season ACC title for the Panthers with that win.
0: In the Big West, in the late-night get-back in midweek, Santa Barbara edges Hawaii 65-64. Ajay Mitchell off-balance driving layup high off the glass with one second left. Brutal. Absolutely brutal for the Bows. In the MAC, we've been talking of Kent State. And then they let us down this week. They lose to Northern Illinois, 86-76. That's their first conference loss.
1: Yeah, I don't think Kent State's going to get a uh, at-large bid now.
0: One other game of note in the MAC. In a losing effort for Eastern Michigan, Imani Bates scores 43 points, including 29 in a row in the first Good. half. Good God. That's crazy. I know I, I know we we we've, we've slung
1: some dirt on Bates, but I mean my god, that's that, that's a hell of a performance.
0: It went from 13-18 uh, to go in the first half, and nobody else scored again until Noah Farrakhan made a jumper to start the second half. In that time, Bates was 10 of 14 shooting, 7 for 9 from 3, added a pair of free throws. He also had two rebounds and just one turnover.
1: If you're going to be that efficient, with the rock, let's let's give him the ball. Simple
0: as that. No, no, no need to share it. No kidding. I, and I don't know which what this says about Eastern Michigan. Is Amani Bates that big of a ball hog, or is Eastern Michigan that bad of a basketball team? My guess is it's a combination of both. <laughs> <laughs> In the Big South. Drew Pember now has the 2023 season high in scoring. He puts up 48 points to give Asheville an 88-80 win over mm. Presbyterian in overtime. Uh good good uh good way to hang on
1: by uh, by Asheville there. You can't drop that game to Presbyterian. Come on.
0: In Conference USA, Florida Atlantic continues to roll. They took out Middle Tennessee 85-67. Middle Tennessee was considered one of their chief opponents this year. Impressive
1: win by the Owls there. They're ranked. They're going to stay ranked. They're just uh, plowing through CUSA right now.
0: In this game, their bench scored 52 points, contributed 97 minutes, 17 rebounds, five assists, and eight steals.
1: That's crazy.
0: Uh, And and that's what they do. Uh, Janelle Davis had a game-high 25 off the bench. 40.7% of their minutes played are by the bench, fourteenth most in the nation. That's uh that's useful
1: for down the road there. So keep that in the back of our heads when uh we start filling out some brackets.
0: In the Colonial Charleston, the other team with only one loss, no longer. They lose at home to Hofstra, 8581.
1: Bad loss for the Cougars there. Come on. You got a hold you gotta hold serve on home court.
0: Than in the MAC, they've got to do something with that, they, with the Mid-American and the Metro Atlantic. They kind of
1: figure something on that, yeah.
0: Siena beats Iona, 70-53. They did it without their star point guard, JV McCollum. Yeah, we had this one on the radar this week. Is, hey, watch out for
1: the MAC game Friday night. Uh, should be a good one. Wasn't so much Sienna. Very,
0: very impressive performance there. So they have a game lead now over Ryder and Iona and have wins over both of them. That's big. In the Sun Belt, we mentioned there could be a break between the top three and the rest of the conference. Southern Miss and Louisiana won both of their games and now lead the conference at 8-2, but Marshall could not pick up the pair of wins at home. Louisiana Monroe upsets them 86-82 in double overtime. Lamo going on the road to beat Marshall did not have that one on my bingo card. No, not at all. I, I thought if anybody was going to do anything, it would have been Troy beating Louisiana. Yeah. In the Southern Conference, Furman picks up a pair of really big wins, beating Sanford in overtime and Greensboro in a slugfest on Sunday. All three of those teams are now tied at 8-2, and two, three games above the rest of the league. Definitely a three-team race at this point. Furman's sitting pretty, a couple of huge wins there. Uh, in the Ohio Valley, I believe, yes, we definitely have a jinx, and it's firmly upon SIU Edwardsville. They lost two more games, now have lost four in a row. Ed-
1: Edwardsville needs to get Johnson and Wales and purchase on the
0: schedule. <laughs> need to write the ship, come on. A few more notes. Cornell and Princeton are atop the Ivy League. They play each other on Friday. There's no television for this.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty big miss. There usually, usually the, the you know the Deuce or the you or somebody would pick that one up, but no dice.
0: In the whack, you've got eight teams within two games of first place. The four teams leading the league: Utah Valley, Southern Utah, Seattle, and your favorite, Stephen F. Austin. By God, Austin. Play six of their eight games on the road this week. The whack could tighten up even more.
1: It'll be interesting to see how that all falls out because uh, yeah, it is pretty wild there.
0: And finally, Alcorn State and Grambling are about to tip off. That's a battle for second place in the SWAC. We'll see who uh, we'll see who can keep uh, keep pace. So now, before we get to the television schedule. Let's hit our prediction for the top 16 seeds that we will be speaking of in just six weeks. I don't even know who my number one seed overall is. I've got four ones, but man, three of them could be the number one overall. Uh, do you? Oh, have, I got the number. One. Do you have an overall one?
1: I've got an overall one. And we talked about them earlier. We talked about them for a little while earlier because they're, they're, conference brethren screwing them. But that means that the Purdue Boilermakers are going to have a gaudy, whatever it is, 32 and two record or whatever it's going to be when, uh, w- when they start throwing names up on, on lines and whatnot on CBS. On Selection Sunday, they will be the first team they show up there because they will be your number one overall seed in the 2023 NCAA tournament. Playing their first round games in Columbus and being the top seed in the Louisville region, the Midwest bracket.
0: In the Midwest, okay. Yep. No, no, I'm
1: sorry. No, that's not the Midwest. I'm sorry. That's the South region. Ah. That's the South.
0: Still a different region than I have them.
1: Kansas City is in the Midwest. But the Louisville pod, which is closer to Purdue, which is closer to the campus, that's why Purdue's going there. So I'll run down my uh, my top four here where, it, where I've got my Purdue region. You can share your Purdue region. I have Purdue as the number one seed. I have playing their first-round games in Greensboro. The Tennessee Volunteers oh. as the number two seed in the Louisville region the number 3 seed playing their first round games in Orlando, Florida, the Baylor Bears. And let's just go ahead and get it out right now. I, you you can fuss and bitch and cuss and moan all you want. Let's go. Ahead. The number 4 seed playing their first round games in Orlando, Florida, the number 4 t- the number 4 seed in the South region played in Louisville, my North Carolina
0: Tar Heels. Oh, I thought you were going to put St. Mary's here. No. North Carolina, come on! It is it is all set
1: up for Carolina to make a run here. They're getting disrespected by the polls right now. They have no bad losses. when When it comes time for for the uh, for the for the tournament to to to, to, to be set, they're going to be sitting pretty, uh, and, and we'll have a quote unquote protected pot here. Although there are they are towards the bottom here. There's a variant of this. Where they win the ACC tournament and actually go up a, a, a seed, I didn't go that far, but there is a there is a variant where Carolina winds up on the three line after they make a big run in the ACC tournament.
0: Well, I currently have Carolina as a seven. I can see them maybe getting as high as a five, but there's no way they're hitting it. There's no way they're getting a top four in any region.
1: We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, in, this would this set up the Purdue-Carolina Sweet 16 game that should have happened in the regional final last year, but Purdue didn't hold up their end of the bargain and did the job at St. Peter's.
0: Okay, so I'll go to my South then. I have Tennessee as the number one in the South. Oh, okay, wow. With Kansas being the number two seed, Virginia the three seed, and TCU filling out the number four. Huh, interesting. I think Tennessee somehow, and it'll probably come down to that one game they have against Alabama. They will beat Alabama. They will win the SEC title. It wouldn't shock me if they do not win the SEC tournament, but by that point, it won't matter. They'll be locked into a number one seed. So you have Tennessee as the one in the South. Wow
1: very very interesting
0: kansas is a 2 this one i'm I'm a little questionable about but it's kansas so i think between them pulling their usual late run and the fact that they have name recognition they'll get the 2 virginia will probably be the top acc team hanging around in march and then if it's not carolina shock <laughs> yeah. And then TCU, just on the base of the Big 12's strength, will get one of a number of top 16 seeds for the Big 12. I actually have five Big 12 teams in the top 16. Let's see how many. I've got one, two, three,
1: four. I've got six. Wow. I thought I had a lot at five. I've got six let's 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 jump into it. Let's let's talk about, let's talk about two of them. Uh, You have Tennessee as the one seed in the South. I have a different SEC team on a top line. I have the Alabama Crimson Tide as the number one seed in the East region in New York city playing their opening round games in Birmingham. I've got talked about the big 12 Kansas state number two seed playing in Des Moines, their first round games a two seed under Alabama. Here's where I have Virginia. I have Virginia as the three seed in the East playing in Greensboro. And then the four seed here down towards the bottom, but they, they snuck in the protected pod here. I've got the Texas Longhorns going to a, going to Albany They get shipped out. Cause there's, there's we're out of geography, but I've got Texas sneaking in as maybe one of the last four seeds here. Alabama, K-State, Virginia, Texas.
0: All right. So I see, where we have a lot of the same teams in the South and the East, because this is where I have Purdue as my number one seed. Okay. And I have Alabama at number two in the East. This is probably. So we
1: we have the same. we All right, so we got the same logic here, but you've got Tennessee over Bama. I got Bama over Tennessee. Th- that's essentially I, I, that where it sense. comes, yes. Exactly.
0: Yep. Then the three, and I think this will be the shocker. This is where I have Creighton. Making a oh, big holy comeback crap. through the second half of the season and getting a very big seed after winning the Big East tournament at
1: Madison Square Garden, so they could have a they could have a trip back to the Garden a couple weeks later to play to for a shot at the
0: Final Four. Nice. And then again, the power of the Big Twelve, the four seed in the East, Iowa State, Purdue, Bama, Creighton, Iowa
1: State in the East. Okay. That doesn't seem uh, – Creighton's the one that's, that's – you, you, you're, you're ahead of the curve on Creighton. I'm not quite there with them
0: yet. We'll see. I've been ahead of the curve on them since November. They took a dive on me, but I'm starting to see them coming back now. So should we head to the Midwest? Yeah, we'll go to the Midwest. Uh, I, I think we might have the same four teams in the West.
1: Uh, no, we don't because you at least mentioned one of them already.
0: Oh, oh, let, okay.
1: Let's, let us let, Let's go to the Midwest. And I'm gonna be that guy, and I hate it. It's garbage. But you know, weird things happen. It's March, all this stuff. Midwest region in Kansas City, the top seed playing their first round of games in Des Moines, Iowa. The defending national champions, Kansas Jayhawks. Aww. They're gonna make a run. They're gonna make a run. We we all know it's coming. It's just a matter of when. So Kansas is gonna be the one. And here's the big here's here's the the controversy. We've got controversy here at the the two spot because this one's going to come down to what breaks, breaks, how it breaks in the Pac-12. Somebody's getting shipped out of the West. And I've got the UCLA Bruins getting shipped out. Having to go to Kansas City and face a potential game, potential road game against Kansas to go to the Final Four as the two seed. UCLA playing their games in Sacramento as the two seed. Under, uh, under Kansas. Number three, you don't see this possible matchup that often, not on the West Coast. But the way the bracket falls, the that went, I've got Gonzaga. Oh, man. I've got the Zags here going. They, they, they've got, they've got to play middle of the, middle of the road, playing their opening round games in Sacramento. If they advance, they got to go to Kansas City, setting up a potential UCLA Gonzaga game in the Midwest, not in the West. Just the way everything falls, and then the uh, I've got a different Big East team to close this out. I'm not I'm I'm not big on it. I don't t- quite trust Creighton yet. I think UConn hangs around and uh, and finds a way to weasel themselves into the four seat, and more importantly for the Huskies, a prime spot in Albany to play their first round games. I think it's going to come down to that. And uh, UConn sneaks in as my the UConn's my last number four seed actually. So Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga, UConn in the Midwest
0: region. Well, I can talk about UCLA and Gonzaga when we get to the West. Uh, I I see your Kansas move. You've got them even higher than I do. Yep. But we both see Kansas coming along and doing Kansas kind of things in, in late February, March. I, can, I yep. can understand that. I'm surprised by UConn. I, right now, they're under 500 in the Big East. I don't think, even if they make a run, there's better teams left in the Big East that they're not going to be able to get past.
1: And that's possible. That's possible. I, I I don't have a good feel on the Big East. It was it was kind of pull one from a hat, but I, I didn't trust Creighton. I'm not totally sold on Marquette. I I, I think I, I think when when things settle down, UConn's going to be there. It's going to be a it's going to be a Big East team in that spot,
0: no matter who. All right. Well, in my Midwest, and I'm I'm kind of shocked that I haven't seen this team yet. From you, must be in the West. I have Houston as the number one in the Midwest. All right. And, see,
1: and, and, and you see, I I'll I'll spoiler, I've got Houston as the one out west. Not,
0: not I think, surprised. I
1: think the I think the name recognition slides Kansas. And they're gonna want to pop a crowd. They're gonna wanna pop a, a buy rate in Kansas City and the committee's gonna gonna slide Kansas ahead of Houston. That's what I, that's what I think it is.
0: My number two, you just mentioned the team. I like Marquette. Oh, wow. You got Marquette that high. Holy crap. I think what will happen is Marquette wins the Big East title. Then Creighton sweeps in and gets that number three by winning the tournament. I can follow your logic there. I can buy that. Number three and four are both Big 12 teams,
1: Texas and Baylor. Texas on the bottom of the bracket. Baylor on the top exactly. of the bracket. Ooh, sets, sets up another Houston-Baylor matchup there. That would uh, that would be fun. That would be a uh, lot in of Big fun. 12 country. That's good. I, you know, and you got Texas as a three. I was wondering if I was, I was wondering if I was giving Texas a little too much credit there. But you've got Texas as a three, so I, I feel better about my Texas as a four gig now.
0: No, I, I think they've gotten past their coaching hurdle, and uh, it, it's history. Let's play some yeah. basketball. Then we are left with the West. You already said you have Houston as your number one in the West. Who else do you have there?
1: I've got Houston as the, as the one seed. Arizona winds up inching out UCLA in the Pac twelve, and that's why Arizona gets to stay in the desert for their potential regional matchup uh there as the two seed. And then like your Midwest, I've got Big Twelve teams at the bottom of my uh my West region here. Wait,
0: Vegas. wait, 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 wait. St. Mary's isn't even in the top six. I don't. I, I I told I told you you were gonna get
1: pissed. I told you the the committee's not going to respect them. You know it. After Gonzaga beats them this week, I was, oh, they were flash to pan. They ain't nothing. They're gonna be a five or a six seed because that's how it always breaks. That's why. That's why I said it. This is ridiculous. I'm not I'm not you saying this is not. I'm i I'm telling you how the committee thinks on this. That's why Carolina's a four-seed. That's why Kansas is the one seed in Kansas City. And that's why St. Mary's does not have a protected seed in the West Region. Houston, Arizona. I've got TCU as my three seed. That win in that win at Allen Fieldhouse is gonna go a long way for TCU. And my four seed, Iowa State.
0: Okay. <laughs> I can't complain about either of those, except for the fact that you left out possibly the best team on the West Coast from the entire <laughs> seeded 16. I'm ca- I'm calling it like I see it. Calling it down the middle. Ridiculous. I need a new co-host.
1: You gonna flip the table on me like like Jim Everett <laughs> to <into> Jim Rowe?
0: <laughs> Don't call me Chris. <laughs> All right. Chris. <laughs> I think that you you probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris? <laughs> in my West, my number one is UCLA. I think St. Mary's is a better team, but here's where I I don't think they're going to get a number one seed. I'm not that crazy. Okay. I think UCLA, in winning the Pac-12 and probably the tournament, I mean, they they're just... They're head and shoulders better than anybody when they want to, and I think they'll want to during the tournament. They'll get the number one seed out west. Number two is St. Mary's. I think they will beat Gonzaga this weekend at home. They'll probably lose to the Zags up in Washington. It'll be their only loss since the beginning of the season. They'll get the number two. Number three will be Arizona, and then number four will be Gonzaga.
1: So we so you split it up. So you've got UCLA Gonzaga at the top of the bracket, St. Mary's and Arizona at the bottom of the bracket. It's a
0: Pac-12 West Coast
1: Final Four. Yep. I've got Arizona too high. I couldn't split them to get them to the three, so I had to split. I had to split them up to to be because because I, I don't have the other the, the the other West Coast team in there to be able to to play mix and match with the brackets. That's why that's why I sent the Big Twelve out there.
0: So how many teams do we have shared here? Is it 13? I, I think our only differences are you have UConn and North Carolina. I have Marquette and Creighton. Well, I don't have St. Mary's, so I've got somebody oh, else in Oh, yeah, you're right. St. Mary's, so who do you have that I do not?
1: You don't have Kansas State? Oh, Kansas
0: State. There it is. Oh, wow. Now, let's see. On my bracket right now, I have Kansas State sitting as a six. Oh wow. wow! the The wild thing is my fives are Illinois, Indiana, and Rutgers, and then Xavier. I the, the Big the, Ten is like right on the cusp. The Big Ten's going to have like eight
1: teams between the five line and the and the nine line. <laughs> it's it's going
0: to be crazy. I I had some time to play with this today. So, for instance, I uh, my last four in are Missouri, Florida. NC State Seaton Hall.
1: Oh, don't don't say that too loud. The Woofies are gonna get mad that they're that close to the cut line.
0: And your th- your Carolina Tar Heels as a seven end up playing number ten Michigan State.
1: Oh, they Carolina didn't want it. Uh, I mean Michigan didn't want anything to do with Carolina. Carolina Carolina beats Michigan State in the tournament by like an average of like a million points. So yeah, they don't want that.
0: So there we go. There's our top 16. We've got 13 of 16 and agreed upon. We'll find out in the middle of March how close we get to this. We're usually pretty close. I mean, we're we're there with like twelve or thirteen of them usually.
1: I see I, I think I think mine was pretty pretty far off last year, but
0: usually we're usually we're in the ballpark. All right, let's rip through this week's schedule. Coming up tomorrow, probably the best game of the day is of course on the West Virginia network. kansas state at kansas on the plus at five how
1: did that the fact that's a top 10 matchup that's a rivalry game that's a rematch of one of the best games of the season the fact that that game is on espn plus is a crime that is that is sports media malpractice. <laughs> that, I mean, somebody ought to be fired for that. That is appalling.
0: One game that you can see on regular television, or at least streaming, 8 p.m., it's a late-night game. San Diego State at Nevada on CBS Sports. You, you want to know something? West
1: Virginia doesn't even play on West Virginia Sports Network Tuesday night. They're, they're at TCU, and they're on the U. That's correct. They're not on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> But no, let's put Kansas State and Kansas
0: on the plus for God's sake. Get the hell out of here. That's, I thought that'd that get is your
1: insulting.
0: <laughs> that is insulting. On Wednesday at three thirty, early start, Providence at Xavier on Fox Sports One.
1: Good game there in the Big East, Xavier. Good opportunity to 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 get off the Schneid here and get a good win over a Frisky Friars bunch.
0: On Thursday, if you want to watch the worst team in basketball. Long Island is at Merrimack at 2 p.m. on CBS Sports. Yeah, but who's Louisville playing, though? That's the question. You know, I haven't seen Louisville on television in weeks. There's a reason for
1: that. The FCC threatened fines if they put them on there. So they've been on the plus. They've been on the plus for the last three weeks.
0: Florida Atlantic has another tough road game. They're traveling to UAB at 4 p.m. on CBS Sports. Oh, man. Poor, poor Louisville.
1: <laughs> yeah, FAU got to go on the road there. That's a tough game in, uh, in Birmingham there.
0: And at 7.30 on ESPN, Oregon has one more chance to stay alive. They're at Arizona.
1: It's hard to have a must-win game the first week of February. That's a must-win game for Oregon. They are, they are uh, on life support as far as their tournament uh, resume goes.
0: On Friday, you've actually got a decent picture-in-picture opportunity. At 6 p.m. On Fox Sports 1, it's Boise at San Diego State. On the U, it's mm. Kent at Akron. Good. That's,
1: a, that's a good pair of uh, mid-major games. Mountain West deserves better, better than mid-major, but yeah.
0: Then on Saturday, probably the best early game, it's Kansas at Iowa State. Shockingly, this one is on the mothership. Oh, what what a concept. I didn't know you could do that. Same time
1: on the deuce, keep an eye on this one. Virginia at a healthy Virginia Tech team. Uh Castle Coliseum will be will be a Hornets Nest. They will be lit for that one. Virginia Tech with a with a big time opportunity against the top ten who's
0: at eleven AM. And this better not get put on the on the plus. TCU is at Oklahoma State. Right now there's no television on it.
1: They're sorting that one out. We'll see what happens. But yeah, there's, that's West Virginia Sports Network has
0: it written all over it. At noon on the ACC Network, Miami of Florida at Clemson.
1: There's Clemson, a game that if
0: Clemson can win, they keep riding that wave that says, shockingly, ACC title.
1: Clemson is a couple of key wins away from being in a really good spot here. Can they win at home against a good Miami team. That's a really, really good. Here's the thing. That's probably the best ACC game of the day. I'm just saying that, all right? From a non-biased standpoint. That's probably the best ACC game of the day.
0: Oh, you mean it's the there, most there's important not one. another one a couple hours later?
1: There is, but it, it's it's not the same. We'll talk about, we'll talk about it in a second. We'll, we'll get to that in, in a second. second.
0: At at 1 p.m., you have a couple of really good games. They're still figuring out television on it. Purdue at Indiana is either going to be on the mothership or the deuce. Texas at Kansas State will either be on the deuce or ESPNU. One way or the other. Got it.
1: Texas at Kansas State is a
0: great, great game. And then at 3.30, the second greatest rivalry in the ACC behind Duke and Syracuse, North Carolina at Duke on the mothership. All right, let let let's let, let's cut
1: right to it. And, and there's there's a reason that Miami and Clemson is the best ACC game of the day. You know what? Let's let's be straight. Virginia and Virginia Tech might be the second best ACC game of the day. The Carolina Duke game might not even it might be the worst ACC game of the day. Not because both wait, teams wait, 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 are wait, wait, wait.
0: I think Florida State's playing Louisville.
1: Yes, they are. <laughs> oh, okay, it is it, it is better than that. Okay. Th- all right, thank you for for, for for calling that out. Syracuse, Boston College, it, it, probably, it might be on the same level here. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. And this is a shoot, brother. Carolina murdered the Duke basketball program in New Orleans, Louisiana, last April. And the rivalry's over. It's done. It's over. Who cares? Done with. Who cares anymore? Who cares? I certainly don't. My blood pressure won't be 200 over 140 come come tip off on Saturday. I know that for a fact. Come on, it's the greatest rivalry in sports, y'all. I don't care where they're ranked, not ranked, whatnot. It always matters, and it usually delivers. It'll be it, it'll be a fun time at Cameron Indoor Stadium, the scene of the crime where 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 they murdered Mike uh retirement party last year. Good times. Are, are they going to fly in 600 former players to, uh, to tell Coach K to call timeout <laughs> this year? Is Jay Williams going to be in the crowd call for a timeout because John Shire don't know what he's doing? I'm hoping I from a selfish standpoint. I just want
0: 600 North Carolina kids there to storm the court when Carolina beats Duke. <laughs>
1: here's, here's the thing. And, and there's a theory going around in, in the triangle that... Carolina is has been on cruise control, ready to you know, to get into the big moments here. I, I don't think I believe that, but if it is if that is indeed the case, they're gonna show up on Saturday and Duke's gonna have their hands full. Caleb Love has has been phenomenal against Duke in his career. We will see if good Caleb Love shows up on Saturday. You know the rest of the Tar Heels. It's going to be a great, great atmosphere. Duke has to do something to shake off the embarrassment of last year. They can win the next 10 games in a row. and So long as it's not in the the NCAA tournament, it's not going to matter. But they've got to get some pride back here. I think they're going to show up. I think it's going to be a really good game on
0: Saturday. And then if Mikey is still alive, his heart's beating, he might want to watch a couple of late games at 7 p.m. Vegas time, Oregon. Once again, must win in early February at Arizona State on ESPN2. And then mm-hmm. the real big one, Gonzaga at St. Mary's on ESPN at 7:30. On a mother ship daddy. Do not be surprised if St. Mary's wins that game by double digits.
1: Oh, big boy statements. I'll t- I'll actually take that.
0: And the line will You're- probably be Three, four, but don't be shocked. St. Mary's is that tight, and Gonzaga has proven that their defense is not up to snuff. And on the road, that's what fails good teams is defense.
1: Got to win on the road, and it's tough. It's tough. Say if you want me to believe in St. Mary's, they got to win this Saturday. Plus, that little hall St. Mary's believing.
0: plays in is a jungle. It's gonna be so loud. It's gonna be it's gonna be a madhouse for sure on Sunday. Ten AM on CBS Ohio State at Michigan. Unfortunately, this is basketball.
1: Yeah, not exactly a Gus Johnson and Joel Cloud at the big house here, but hey, it's a that's a good big Ten game.
0: On Monday, we kind of have a big Monday triple header. Duke is at Miami of Florida at 4 on ESPN. Slap the that's floor. That's a tough
1: turnaround for Duke. They got the they've got the big rivalry game against Carolina and they've
0: got to go on the road to Miami 48
1: hours later. That's a tough tough draw for
0: Duke. Well, except Miami is has is traveling to Clemson and turn around in 48 hours. That's
1: that's that's fair, but I'd rather be I'd rather be at home for the back end of the uh the back uh, the, the short turnaround. That's
0: very true, yeah. At six, it's Texas at Kansas. Oh. Yeah, that's going to be a fun ball game. And then at eight, late-night game, Weber at Northern Colorado on ESPNU. Two teams that aren't that great, but hey, let's do some late basketball. I'm all for it.
1: Get it how we can. Beggars can't be choosers.
0: And then by Monday night, by the time that Weber State game is over, you can look everywhere that you get your podcasts from and you'll be able to find the next edition of sixth year seniors i
1: have nothing else for the listening audience
0: you've given them plenty we, we had a little north carolina duke rant for some reason you left st mary's off top 16 we've had some good stuff here tonight it's been a good
1: loaded show the best producer in the business is going to have uh, have his work cut out
0: so for dickie v bill walton and uh who else
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Dick Vitale, Bill Walton, and it really basically anybody but Jimmy Dykes. That's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We'll be back next Monday. Breakdown Carolina Duke and all of the, you know, the, the basketball that matters
0: right here on Six Year Scene.